Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. So we're on our Christmas holidays at the minute, so uh, this episode is going to be a compilation episode of some of our 2021 best bits. Um, this week we're talking uh, to Chris Bard, uh, the author of the Financial Wellbeing book and podcast, uh, James Her- Herbertson from Bayswater College and Sue Fishpool uh, from Acuro. And we've got some chat as well, Charlotte. Yeah, we? we're doing intro tra- chat uh, throwbacks. So retro gaming, which is probably both of us discussing that. Living in the moment and random word generator, which is you how I used to come up with our intro chat topics. I think you still do. <laughs> um, and on that note, have a little listen. Bye. Oh, not bye. Anyway, what other subjects would you like to talk about? I am literally ramping up the random word generator. Dependence. <laughs> You're a dependent? <laughs> Christ on a bike. When are you going to start earning a living? Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's okay, that okay. one. Next one. Complication. <laughs> i tell you what's complicated. How much money you cost me? Oh, Christ on a bike. You signed up for it. Don't, <laughs> don't say it's like my fault. You I, signed up for it. Okay, what's next? What else could I insult you with? <laughs> you put 100 words. Okay, I was going for 10. <laughs> laboratory. <laughs> you weren't made in a laboratory. That's good to know. Favourite. Uh, are we just going to go through list of words? Yep. With me making a comment about yep. it? Yeah. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't find that particularly fun, so we won't do that. Uh, aquarium. Aquarium. Um, um, do you have a favourite fish? Is that your question of the podcast? Well, it is now. <laughs> what's your favourite fish? Is that genuinely the question um, of the podcast? Uh, what is your favourite memory of water? Ooh, now that's interesting. Let's go with it. Okay, what's my favourite memory of water? Um, I remember, I, I used to be really into swimming as a kid. Um, and I remember, and you, this name won't mean anything to you, I don't think, once meeting Duncan uh, Goodshoe, um, who was a famous British swimmer back in the day, um, and famous baldy, so maybe that's why when I get there I'll be aspiring to be Duncan Goodshoe, um, and another swimmer called David Wilkie at my local swimming baths. So one of my favourite memories of water is not actually out on the open sea, it's meeting some swimming legends well, that's why at my I local said, That's why baths. I said water and not ocean because you know some people don't like the ocean um, i'm not a big fan of the ocean but i do like water mm. but i don't like the beach it's sandy and salty and well i like i like i also um i also like i've a couple of last couple of years i've got really into kayaking and uh sophie and i you're you're not a big fan but sophie and i have been out on the kayak on uh, Lake Windermere in the Lake District when we were had the opportunity to have a little holiday between lockdown one and lockdown twelve. Uh, <laughs> so um, and yeah, so so I think being on the water is quite nice. And when we took that motorboat out and had a little yeah, scoot around, yeah, that was good. Yeah. What's your favourite water memory? Um, do you remember when we used to go to because after twenty twelve we had the Olympic swim pool in London. And oh. It's basically on our doorstep. It's like half an hour drive yeah so we used to go down there all the time and we went to the olympic swimming pool all the time and i remember once they had that giant inflatable thing there and you got to run along this this course on the water if you didn't make it you just went splash 
And uh, we got thrown out the big one because I was swimming improperly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so in the Olympic-sized swimming pool, apparently uh, you need to be a conventional have a conventional swimming style. Um, Charlotte got told um, about 2013, 2014 that her style was okay, but not conventional. And I think that meant just not quick enough because you had like you had a traffic jam of people waiting for you to uh, oh, swim a bit so faster. Fun, so yeah, it was, it was good fun. That is, I mean, architecturally, um, and I think our architectures are. <laughs> What's that got to do with the architecture? How it smells? I don't know. I just like the way it Surely smells. Surely it smells like other, all other swimming pools, just full of chlorine. Just stronger, yeah. and you can smell it from outside as well. Yeah. Like you walk past the vents, and you can just smell it. Yeah. It's a little car park, and you walk past the glass windows, and you can smell it. Yeah, I mean, mm. I mean the other the other thing. I mean, it is an amazing building and an amazing swimming pool. When we're allowed to go swimming again, first trip back to swimming, we'll go there. But also, if you're in London, um, check out um, Docklands Water Sports Centre in um, uh, in Canary Wharf because I've been kayaking there a couple of times. Um, once on my own, just with my headphones on, just kayaking around, and once with uh, South. And um, it's amazing to have a little yeah. paddle around. Uh, views of Canary Wolf, brilliant thing to do. Um, so, what's your favourite thing to do um, uh, near water? And um, what's your favourite memory of being near water? I love that question. And I'm joined by a man who called my love of my childhood console retro. It is retro. It is it's retro. Chris Dames. You know what, right? So, officially, Charlotte is a retro gamer at the age of 27 or however, you're, whatever, however, however old I lose track. Because um, she has got a Nintendo DS, and that is officially now a retro DS. console. I've got a DSi and a 3DS. There's, there's a difference. What's the difference? There's a difference. What's the difference? The DS was the original one, right. and it didn't have a lot of the cool features like the HD or the 3D <laughs> You do realise like, there's stuff like PlayStation 5s out now as well. The 3D features. <laughs> it's got 3D features. I mean, Amazing. sure they had to create a whole new version of the system because the 3D features gave people migraines but that's not the point what? that's Did not it? the point <laughs> Did it give people migraines? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you've bought a console <laughs> that is officially known as giving people migraines is that what you've done? Yeah I can just turn the 3D off Oh <laughs> What is the point of having a 3D if it's going to give you migraines? The 3D is cheaper than the 2D because the 2D has Because the 3D gives you migraines Hello are you coming in or staying out or shaking it all about? I was just shaking it all about. <laughs> we you? are joined by a girl who's officially the wobbly. You can't show your belly on the podcast. <laughs> what are you doing? Is officially the wobbliest girl I know. It's Sophie Dames. <clears throat> we we were just we were, we were just talking about the three. Apparently, Charlotte's new console gives you a headache, and that's a good thing. <laughs> I was trying to make a teddy bear. Was you? How's that going? How's that going? Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Why? The the thread keeps coming out. Okay, okay, fair enough. Did you come down for a reason or just to see what we were up to? No. I just I just came. I heard and I wouldn't even know what you're talking about. 
right, see you later then. Bye. Bye. That, I mean, I know that most podcasts start with a decent amount of shambolic nonsense, but what yeah. we start as we mean to go on. My, my retro gaming wasn't actually on my list of things to talk about until next week. Okay. But, you know, I we can, can talk about I, it this week. I can shuffle. The thing is, is, it, is the reason you've got it so cheaply because... It actually gives you that the three DS gives you headaches. Also, the fact that they were released when I was like 10, 11 years old, right. which was about five or six years ago. Um, and the console's good because even without the three D feature, uh, the three D turned on, you still get three D graphics. Um, it's just well, like every console since nineteen ninety two, you mean. <sighs> <laughs> the 3D graphics they're still good quality they're still HD you just don't get the pop out of the screen 3D the pop out the bit that gives you the headaches yes okay yeah, so uh-huh. Charlotte's got migraine inducing um, uh, console that's her big Christmas news and I'm joined by a girl who is living in the moment it's Charlotte Dames how are you doing Charlotte I'm doing good I'm doing good, good. talk to me about living in the moment then because I quite like that concept um because uh, I'm trying to take less and less pictures of things because, like, um, if you take pictures of things, you're going to miss it happening in real life. Uh, and at the moment, uh, my phone is dead because I broke my last charger. So I've been without a phone since yesterday, and it's not that bad. Yeah, you know what? You get used to it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I haven't had a phone for at least 24 hours now, so yeah. it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, and I think that live that concept of living in the moment and just being in a situation where you experience what's around you as opposed to just experiencing mm. it through a screen. I mean, I, I, I like, to, I enjoy taking photos. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Sometimes you've just got to put your phone down and... Look at, it. look at it. Look yeah. at it. Experience it. What do you think, Russ? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're we're joined again by our esteemed producer, um, the man who is clear on what he's dunking his tea and not. It's <laughs> Russell Dames. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. And um, talk to us about what you think about living in the moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm living in the moment. Okay. That's insightful. Cheers, mate. Kindness news. Environmental edition. And the first one is a bit London. Uh, it's greener, healthier, healthier, safer. One of London's busiest streets goes car-free. Um, one of uh, London's most famous thoroughfares has been reclaimed from the motor vehicle as part of plans to create a green oasis in the heart of the city. Ascension of the Strand that has been che- uh, choked with red buses, black cabs and white fans, certainly down there, um, is now home to a temporary skate park. The facility located outside Somerset House and King's College London will remain throughout September and while plans are finalised to turn the three-lane stretch of the road into a place for relaxation and recreation. Those behind the project, dubbed Strand Aldwych, 
say they want to create a car-free cultural space where art is made and displayed and pedestrians can amble. The road is a gateway to the West End theatres and nearby Covent Garden. <coughs> Canon Ivers, who leads the project, says, as it transformed Strand Aldridge as a place where the creative process is made visible, where art is made, not just displayed, where performances rehearsed, not just performed. He added, reclaiming the Strand from traffic for people will create a greener, healthier and safer piece city, uh, freeing up the wonderful St Mary of Strange Church and making the street visually rich and resilient. Love that idea. Um, and it's it's amazing that, um, uh, particularly in London, we're doing loads of great work about um, ensuring that we can um, all play a part in terms of protecting the environment so amazing uh, work by them and i think i've just added a new place to visit in london on the list um yeah so- I, I have a few people who um uh, because I've, I've been on twitter for quite a long time and occasionally you get somebody who's just starting and they say what would be your tip for, for a social media policy I have a very, very simple social media policy. Don't be a dick. Yep. That's it. Yeah, agrees. Agrees. Do anything you like, just don't be a dick. Well, Mark... Sorry, go on. My my big one is assume that you're never going to change somebody's mind on Twitter, ever. Because, again, I don't, uh, weirdly, I think social media is amazing, but it's not the, it's not the medium for engaged, nuanced debate. Um, no, no. So I, 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 I used to think I could pretend I could change people's mind on it, but you definitely can't. So, so just back to that, because um, I strayed us off a little bit from to that book. Number four is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, that is the biggest thing in life I mean there's lots of studies uh, the great one is the Harvard study on happiness which uh, which you can google which is just mind-blowing but it's the, there are five areas of well-being okay this is according to Gallup polls that are a really good book of well-being there are five parts to well-being they are career social financial physical and community yeah and what is absolutely crucial to understand is that it's not about which one of those is most or less important it's getting the balance it's about right. how they all work together yeah gotcha no, i agree i agree it's the independence of those five areas of well-being that we need to build on at the same time you if you have for example i don't know uh, massive financial and career well-being because you're doing a really high paid job you're a high flyer and getting paid loads of money but you've got no friends and your family hates you because you're yeah. never at home, you haven't got well-being. Yeah, of course. So it's about having those five in balance. And uh, I think we could learn more from that on a community, on a, on a governmental level, um, that it's not all about growth, it's all about GDP. It's about those five areas building in balance. And the, and the interesting thing is there's always, as you said, uh, it, it, there's always an element of imbalance, but it's just being conscious of that and trying to get the balance back. Um, yeah, in, yeah, in a, absolutely. I, you know what? If I'm if I'm being perfectly frank, I last couple of years, and this is something I've been thinking about quite a lot. I've probably been a bit of a rubbish friend. So I've been a good dad. Business is fine, economically fine, all, all good in that. But then you you have conversations like this, and you go, you know what? There, there's always gaps, and 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 being conscious of those gaps and doing something about it is is the key, isn't it? 
Um, it, it is, yeah. and I think if you've nailed it there, Chris, it's about being conscious of the gaps. Know thyself. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a one-off event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Know thyself is an ongoing process forever and ever and ever. Um, somebody like me, I probably go over it a bit too much too often. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's all about uh, working out what you want from life yeah. and spending money on that. Uh, and, and keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep working it out. Yeah. I guess if I, I'm going to, I will re, uh, respond with my own honesty, Chris. There's one area of my life that I find frustrating is that my friends are rubbish um, at going out. Yeah, go so to. I, I live in a village, and in my village, the local pub is half empty most of the week. Yeah. And I wish I could. I, there's nothing makes me happier than just going on the pub for a pint or two in the middle of the week with a couple of mates and having a yak. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's an area of my life that I continually work on. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Talk, talk to me about. I mean, it's interesting when you talked about the experience you went through uh, uh, when you had your um, you had your muzzy head. What what got you to the point where you asked for help? I think there are okay, massive generalisation clacks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are two types of people in life. Um, can I can I ask our editor Russell just to put the sound effect on in post? Just that we need we need a klaxon in our life, Russ. So if you want to if you want to add that for Chris's benefit, that's fine. <laughs> we'll do our own klaxon. It's all good. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, Generalisation klaxon. So uh, there are two types of people in life. When you are criticised, do you A, assume the other person is an idiot and how dare they criticise you, or do you B, immediately criticise yourself and think that you're a terrible person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I came across this recently, uh, <laughs> I definitely won't name the person, but um, I tried to give some feedback to somebody and I tried to make it as positive as possible. Honestly, I did, yeah. in a very appreciative inquiry way, but they immediately got defensive. Gotcha. And the next day, they apologised and said, actually, I think you probably had a reasonably good point, but I wasn't really receptive to it at the time, and I reacted badly, you know. Mm. Um, I am the sort of person that if I get some criticised, I immediately criticise, I immediately go quiet and go away and work out how I could have been such a complete idiot as to have <laughs> yeah. everything so there, there are there are There are variations on that. That is a spectrum, <laughs> Chris. You haven't got to go and beat yourself up for three days to, to do that. You do realise that. I, I, but I am... I, at that end of the spectrum okay. so actually for me asking for help is very very easy because I'm always assuming that I'm wrong yeah, um, yeah. and that I'm an idiot and I haven't understood it properly so um, I'm constantly checking myself so so yeah when, it, when, it, when I sat there and, and I go into the GP in itself was asking for help um, when I realised that that questionnaire was no good uh, I, I had to find out other ways to work out where things were going wrong for me I, th I, th I, th I, sp I suppose the interesting thing for me is um, when you've had that parental push to, yeah. to, to gain mm. knowledge and education, yeah. you're moving into environments where potentially that push might not be there in, in environments where, in countries where the push might be to start earning money for the family at quite a young age. Yeah. How do you... How do you encourage the importance of education in communities where it may not be such a focus? Because we're lucky here, right? You know, we're, do you think there's a desire for education in those communities? 
I look what's happening in Zimbabwe. I think it definitely depends whether you're male or female. Okay. Difference. So one of the big drop-offs in education in in rural Zimbabwe is when girls get to you know age of menstruation and so on. Then they there's massive dropout. Mm. Um, first, it starts with missing probably at least a week every month, and then after then. The, the parents stop paying their, their fees. Right. So then there's a real sort of taboo around that sort of education piece generally in some of the rural areas. So that's a big determinant, which is obviously not, not great. No. Um, yeah, I think if you... I think only so much can come from yourself. I think if you're brought up, like you say, where it's being drilled into the yeah. purpose of education, how much can you influence? I think it's a bit of a chicken and egg. I mean, when I look there, if you create... Um, we've done a lot of infrastructure projects, so you've got a situation where people were taught either underneath a tree or in mud huts. If you suddenly can give them an opportunity to right now we've actually got classroom blocks then you address okay they need to have a source of water so they're not walking like seven eight or more kilometers a day just to go and get drinking water if you can take that away by putting say a borehole in and then you can provide proper sanitation with with proper toilets all one it's like a bit like a sort of legs of a chair they're yeah. all important incremental change yeah. right yeah. and then and then yeah. actually sometimes it's the things you don't need to see but like actually putting decent housing in for the teachers okay. so now the teachers aspire to work there you know we've had schools where they were like 50 60 students and within literally a year have grown to like 250 students are beacons of the community yeah rather than teachers running away because they get a better service or back to the cities they yeah. now aspire to work there yeah it's a, you, so you create this one of the community. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, yeah. I think the environment is very important, and it's not just purely your environment at home. Yeah, and yeah. I, 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 interestingly, I think that focus on the aspiration, you know, building yeah. something that people aspire to be part of is, yeah. is an interesting yeah. way of, of, of positioning it. Yeah. So we've talked about a little bit about the projects, but tell me about one of the projects specifically. Um, okay, so our first project was in, um, it's near Ipanema in Rio, okay. uh, in Brazil. It's an organisation called Mais Caminos over there. Um, there's only Portuguese listeners, excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> um, Mais Caminos kind of like means more pathways, giving a kind of literal translation. And the idea there is that they run an after-school club and... It has two purposes, I think. One, we're funding the English language classes, so people get the chance to learn English, and hopefully at the end they're aged from 12 to 16. So the idea being when they get to the end, then hopefully they have a higher level of English and then more opportunities. British Council did a really interesting study that you can virtually earn double just by virtue of speaking English um, in some careers like trade, tourism, etc. So it's very important. So that's one purpose, but also by funding the teachers and being able to have more hours of this after-school club, then they're being kept off the streets, avoiding getting yeah. into a life of crime, etc. Et so social influence. So, exactly, it's yeah, a big yeah. social influence. And so I'd heard about um, the, the organisation by sort of mutual contact and so on, got in touch with them, and just to see the smiling pictures of people that are now studying English, their pride of when they get their certificate at the end of the term and so on, 
and we really want to build on this as a, as a model. And they're a great organisation. I mean, they're actually quite similar to us, um, just based in a different location. They have a Portuguese school, so they have a lot of um, normally Americans coming down to Brazil yeah. and other South Americans, but some from Europe as well, who come. And then they saw, wow, people wanted to volunteer. And so they started with having volunteer people to help in the same idea, like the after-school club. And so we said, well, why don't we help fund a oh, teacher? Fun. Yeah. And so it's really starting to blossom. So we've now got a couple of classes going there. Amazing. Um, and yeah, it's going well. And that's what? kind of been our model. So actually the one we've got running in Medellin in Colombia, um, it's actually called Fundacion Caminos. They don't, they don't all have to have Caminos in the name. They, just have have they, they start a slightly different way, but similar sort of idea where this guy, Eddie, when he came from, um, he's Dutch and came from Holland and he went over and he was doing like a kind of football coaching for the people in the Comuna they call it there it's like the equivalent of the favela and he said you can be part of the football team but the one condition apart from playing football presumably well um, was you have to go to your classes you know in the secondary school yeah and it was amazing just like there was the aspiration as you say to be part of the football club yeah, yeah. and to wear the shirt I think they had all the orange shirts but they had to go to classes and so attendance suddenly went up massively and then not only are they getting the football but they're getting a better education yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. we did a similar project we started with them um we're now in the second term with them again to give them english language classes so it's really giving them you know life skills that they're learning by playing in a team that sort yeah. of process of training they're now get, attending more of their classes of education and then we're giving them english language as well so it kind of i love those kind of holistic programs Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so education related to life, but yeah. also learning some of the soft, soft exactly. skills they'll, yeah. they'll need to develop. Help me understand a little bit about what you'd... So if there was one thing, because, and again, the testimony you gave to start was interesting in terms of um, uh, the... Uh, uh, boy who, who, was, who was benefiting from a hero service struggled to fit in at school and not enjoy his school as much if you had a magic wand what was one thing you'd change about education or society to make it easier is there one thing i don't think one thing would work it i think it must be really tough if you're in the um education sector at the moment i know for example um I mean, my daughter's at a school that has responded really, really well to the pandemic. I think they've been really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I know um, that they, it's like all of us, we're all hit with something, aren't we? And we'll have to learn how to deal with it. Um, I, I actually think that teachers and the education system needs to, it's, I suppose it's because I'm. I come from an era thirty odd years ago. There just wasn't as much red tape. Um, yeah. And the thing that is really difficult for everybody now is to be resilient, and that, that is really really tough. Um, and I think we cotton wool the kids a little bit too much, but we do that because we know that there are these external factors that are, you know, really, it makes them really vulnerable. Um, but I just feel that my daughter is in a position where she's not able to find out about things and learn about sort of, you know, just just the normal yeah. way life goes, really, because and they're so protected. sometimes as well, right? You know, that, I, I, yeah. I think that you learn so much from failure and it teaches you how to get up, brush yourself off and go again. Yeah. Um, so 
<clears throat> gosh, I don't know what one thing. I I I, re I honestly don't know how to answer that because in my mind there's about <laughs> so, so much. But make it holistic as well. Just make it about the whole child, not about academic results, not about but getting that really rounded human being out the other end would be just wonderful. I, th I, th I think you're right. You know, I, I think the the education. Your daughter's a teacher. Um, I'm a, I'm assuming. No, she's, no, oh, right, okay. no, um, no, no. The, my little one's in a secondary school um yeah. but yeah so so i think i think the interesting thing is i don't know and again because it's such a big machine education mm. i don't know whether it's changed enough from when we were at school to just adopt this new age you know it's you know we're in this world where um you know just the results you get on your gcse GGCSEs and A-levels aren't the world anymore, are they? Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and when we were at school, I don't know about you, there was no expectation to go to university. It, it, it wasn't. And then it seemed that there was, and now it seems to be going back again. I think that's more realistic. And there was from my dad. <laughs> um, and I didn't go. I had started a job and, and sort of got a... Uh, you know, studying professional qualifications as a, as opposed to going down the going down the sort of university road, um, and that worked really well for 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 me personally. Charlotte Charlotte will go, um, uh, but then there's always that element of getting the balance right between yeah. you know, you know, you know what I think I think you know, we're we as a family, and I don't I don't know what you're like, so you know, uh, I had this conversation yesterday um, about um, you know what do we want from our kids? You know what I want? I want my kids to be happy. Don't we? That's all? what I want. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's all you need, isn't it? You know, just be happy in who you are, who you're yeah. with, and, and I, enjoy your life. Just enjoy yourself. Enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I want them to have purpose, and I want them to be educated, mm -hmm. and I, I want I want them to do uh, have a career they love because I don't I do think that contri contributes to purpose and happiness and well being. But Absolutely. um, you know, don't kill yourself to do it. You know, it's the having that more rounded perspective i think you're absolutely right now one thing you mentioned um because i feel like we could talk about life all day but i'm conscious that that um uh, <laughs> your your husband has got a training session in the same he room does, so, yes. so we, so need, we, need to, we need to crack on don't we i mean you don't want grunting in the background chris you really don't uh, you know, <laughs> I've, done, I've, I've done my star jumps and my burpees this morning already so um i i, I feel like i'd uh, i'd be i'd be experiencing earlier vicariously <laughs> if i heard it um but, but one of the things that we talked about is is lockdown and the impact on all charities but mm. particularly charities where um uh, an element of the support you provide is about getting people together so i'd imagine it's been a yeah. tough year for a cure yeah but uh, I, you know my operation colleagues um have been fantastic because they very quickly you know you sort of everyone was in shock i think last march but very quickly they were able to work out how they could deliver online um zoom has been a real bonus it has to be said um but all the clubs were able to revert to online delivery so we would have a um a broter really and a program where in the evenings because most of our clubs operate in the evenings um you would actually have a zoom session it doesn't suit everybody we do have so excuse me some of our members who um would actually not find the zoom community easy because it can be chaotic if you have a lot of people on a zoom call um and it's too noisy and people are cutting in on each other it just doesn't suit some of our members but we kept connected with everybody by 
having personal calls, welfare calls, really dropping calls, talking to families and the parents as well and saying, you know, how's it going? Can we help? What do you need? And sending out packs. So, for example, one of our um, young members, Ash, he um, really didn't find the Zoom calls were good for him at all but we sent out a quiz that was tailored towards what we knew about him and what his interests were and his parents actually came back and said we had the most lovely hour where we actually sat at the kitchen table doing the quiz that Akira had sent interacting with our son who normally doesn't interact with anybody um, so there was a real value there in what we were able to give him and he yes. connected with his own family um, so it's different for different people and the, the good thing that we've been able to do is because we know our um, members very well we've been able to tailor sessions towards some interest so for example with our adult friendship scheme we had a baking competition because we know there's at least five that are mad baking fanatics it wouldn't have suited the guys that were more interested in gaming and stuff like that but then you have maybe something that will suit them so you have to just be careful that you're sort of ticking everyone's boxes at some point really um it's we, been about providing that support version we, yes we yeah it is and and phone calls and doorstep visits so during the christmas um we we had people in different tiers because before christmas we had a bit in tier two and a bit in tier four but we were able to do a doorstep visit with a present to see people face to face you really learn how people are getting on even yeah. if you're only seeing them for five minutes on the doorstep and that was great because there are a couple of people you're able to pick up on and go we need to check in more there we've got to yeah. make sure that this is you know that this is okay um and they were really successful people really enjoyed that and everyone absolutely everyone was given the feedback can't wait until we could get back in face to face yeah. again um but we did really try and give as much support as we possibly could when you're thinking about the fact that fundraising wise and money coming in income is diminished so you have to furlough some staff so you're trying to do the best you've got with the resources yeah, available the i don't know why you said bye at the start of the intro charlotte but <laughs> this is the end uh, and we hope you have a lovely week now you can say bye <laughs>